You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Octavia Rahim. Octavia is a mother, author of Gather, activist, and experienced yoga teacher and practitioner. She began practicing yoga in 1999 and has been teaching since 2007. Octavia founded Starshine and Clay, an online and retreat space for Black, Indigenous, and women of color to rest and restore. Octavia has received national attention for her work training yoga teachers and diversifying the yoga and wellness industry. Born and raised in Gainesville, Georgia, her spirituality encompasses the universe and is very much anchored in the heart and soul of the sacred community she was raised in, Greater Timber Ridge Baptist Church. Octavia has a distinctive voice, one that is wise, otherworldly, and also familiar. Her teaching is grounded in her roots and real-life experience as a woman learning to love herself as well as center her well-being and transformation via yoga, rest, meditation, and yoga nidra. Listen now to my conversation with Octavia Rahim. Welcome, Octavia. I am excited for you to come on to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, and and I'm excited and looking forward to spending some time with you in conversation today. And when I have guests on uh, the show, I like to spend time in the very beginning, just kind of asking you, you know, how you're doing? How are you doing today? I am very present today. Nice. Um, Yeah. Thank you for having me on here too, Sandy. Yeah, you are welcome. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward um, to this conversation. And those that have been listening to the podcast, they kind of followed along and understand some of the vision of how I maneuvered through um, season one, season two, mm-hmm. and I'm excited. I just launched um, here recently, season three. And thank you. I know it's, it's like, and I, and I hit my one year kind of launch anniversary back in October and it's just been, it's been an experience that, you know, was beyond anything that I ever even went into with. I just knew I wanted to share. I wanted to expand and um, my connection with others and, and just share and support. And it's just been that and so much more. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you being a part of it. And um, it's very special to me. And I appreciate you taking the time to share today. And so I'm looking forward to us kind of, I like to give a little context just so the listeners maybe that haven't followed along kind of understand you know, just kind of where we're kind of ebb and flow with the conversation today. And I, I'm, the vision for season three took me into this kind of expansion concept and this ability to, you know, maybe even expand beyond some things and that could be interpreted in different ways. But I'm a word person. I Google words. I want to know <laughs> what they mean. Um, even, you know, words, I tell people like, you know, words that I don't know. 
Um, the funny thing is, a little side note, I digress just a moment, but my youngest son, who's 14 in his English class right now, he has obviously vocabulary words and I'm his study buddy, I guess, for that. And okay. some of his words that he has are like, I don't even know if I've ever heard this. Mm. So I've been learning a lot with him through that. But also when I am, you know, just in pursuit of my understanding of different things, I Google and I want to read definitions and then kind of ruminate on them. So this expanding or expansion, let me like expand when you kind of Google that is to become or make larger or more extensive. And I think kind of extension at that point. And then when you think about expansion, it's kind of like to, to give a fuller version or account of. So I mm -hmm. thought as we got started, maybe looking at this overall concept of expansion, you know, kind of viewing it with the lens of us, you know, from yoga standpoint and approach it kind of probably from a broad sense. And then as we go, maybe shifting and, you know, the broad strokes kind of come a little, you know, different. We, we just explore that topic, but just thinking from an overall concept, when you hear that kind of expansion and that and the, you know, and the approach to the yoga practice, what comes up for you? Um, so the word expansion, so I'm very visual in this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Right. And sometimes yeah. when people are talking, I'll just see images. And so as mm -hmm. you talked about expansion, I saw an ocean mm -hmm. unfurl in front of my eyes. And I thought, how fitting, right? The ocean is <laughs> expansive, right? Right, right. The ocean is expansive. But then, you know, I made another connection. And I, oftentimes we think about expansion as going wider, wider, spreading out. And I think even some of the etymology of that word has to do with to spread out, to, to kind of cover a great distance. Mm -hmm. And in one way, I was seeing that as expansion being wide, a wider mm. And then what occurred to me is um, that really expansion and the expansion that I feel like we're all being called into right now is a depth, a deeper. Mm. And I said, oh, that's why the ocean is there because <laughs> it is deep, right. it is deep. And then as you talked about expansion <clears throat> in relationship or in more kind of yoga context, the word that popped into my brain was the word root. And then I saw a tree <laughs> and I thought about how a tree has, you know, a tree is only as tall or only can grow as tall and expansive upright as it is deeply rooted. Right. And in the context of yoga, as I've practiced, <clears throat> you know, I took my first yoga class in 1999. I recently mm. remember that for the longest I've been like, my first yoga class was 2003 because that's the one I remembered. And then I was uh -huh. like, oh no, <laughs> I, took, I took a class in 1999 oh, and, wow. it, and it kind of unraveled me and shook me and I didn't go mm. back until 2003. Oh, wow. But, so from 1999 to the present, I've practiced yoga really consistently and I teach it and you know in the early days of my practice it was very asana focused mm -hmm. I felt like I was making progress when I could see it when oh, I could yeah. see it when I could show it to you I was like mm -hmm. I'm making progress and 
my expansion or as I've expanded as a practitioner or student of yoga and teacher of it, that has brought me to a place where, A, I don't measure progress. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I measure it if I do. It's like, did I show up today? Did I show right. up today? And what has happened is that my practice has expanded into greater simplicity. And in mm. that simplicity, I feel that sense of depth and that sense of rootedness that comes up when we when, when, I, when I hear you say the word expansion. And so for me, in a context of yoga, expansion really means, um, I'm going to make up my own definition. Yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. Kind of coming down mm-hmm. deeper and then closer to the ground and spreading there, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, what that looks like as a practice is the practices that invite me um, to be as close to the ground as possible, mm-hmm. Yeah. as close to the ground as possible and to give the weight of my body then to that ground to that earth and so as I think about expanding in the context of yoga and the moment that we live in we are living in and through mm-hmm. I feel like expansion has to mean for us deeper mm-hmm. closer to the root of things and expanding into more simplicity, mm. expanding into what we might have before been like, well, that's less, <laughs> you know, and then, yeah. and then, um, <clears throat> and seeing what is uh, really available to us within, within that space. And so when I think about expansion, I think about, about deeper yeah. and um, more subtle mm-hmm. and even less of what we can see initially, less of what it's saying. Yeah, I love that. And I think about from a, you know, a a teaching standpoint too, um, because, Mm. you know, this podcast offers a lot of encouragement and support to those stepping out onto the pathway of teaching, those who have been on it a while, Mm -hmm. those, you know, and those of us that have been on it a while, because I'm coming up on about 20 years. And I'll say that my, you know, and that's probably where part of the vision of expansion for me too comes Mm -hmm. from this expanded understanding, which I'm right on board with you, the depth and how things, the simplicity really speaks to me, but how from teaching, like, how do we then start to really expand ourselves from teachers that, because I believe we can choose right away what type of teacher will be, what mm-hmm. will we teach? Um, mm-hmm. And I believe we ultimately end up in varying ways. We, we teach what we feel is important, maybe at the time or the season. Mm-hmm. So how do we as teachers begin to really teach from a place that invites others autonomy of exploring that ability to go beyond the scene like you said the asana which is a wonderful powerful vehicle in and of itself right yeah it's a beautiful threshold and doorway and it is the one it's a sacred one because it's the Mm. one we many of us walk through you know what I think a lot about is when I owned a yoga studio I led teacher trainings and Mm -hmm you know, a cornerstone of what we taught. Like I was like, I'm not actually training you to be a teacher. <laughs> I am yeah. I am cultivating commitment and devotion and studentship within you. Mm. And if that leads you to teach, 
Mm-hmm. So be it. And so with that, I'll say that uh, any, you know, I believe that we first have to be a student, yes, a devotee of whatever it is that we even think we want to teach. And I do think the teachings start to choose us, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, so when I started out, I definitely, I taught a lot of um, hot and a lot of power <laughs> and a yeah. lot of very fiery mm-hmm. practices. And in this one way, now I teach a lot of restorative, a lot of yoga nidra, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of yin. And I was teaching this kind of outward fire. And then I was called more inward toward the accessing, well, where's the source? Where's the inner fire, <laughs> right? Right, and, right. And so what I really trust is that we start as students and teachers where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And then as we continue to practice, what I think is most important is to have a commitment to your practice yes. and to uh, being a witness to the insights that you gain and you can really only gain through direct experience and practice. Mm, yes. And then I really trust the practice to reveal how best then to, mm-hmm. to share that in a way that is accessible to the students who are my students. And even right. within that, one thing I got very clear on early on is that yoga is absolutely for everyone. Mm-hmm. And as a yoga teacher, I ain't everybody's yoga teacher. Right? Amen. Like, Amen. You know, it, it really freed me up when I realized yes. that, you know, Bob Marley has a line in one of his songs where he <laughs> said, you can't please all the people all the time. And so now you see the light. And mm. that's a real, a real light point, you know, like as a new teacher, or even a veteran teacher, just the awareness that you're not yoga's for everyone. You're not everyone's teacher. And I think sometimes we get these kind of intuitive insights about which direction our practice and teaching needs to go. And we'll ignore it because we're like, well, everyone can't come with me if I go that way. And it's like, well, right. everyone's not meant to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's so, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> ironic that you say that because I just finished up a, a recording of a podcast that mm. in, actually is going to be released um, tomorrow, which this will be coming. It'll already be out there by the time listeners are listening to this. But mm. I speak to that, the great freedom that comes yes. when you're not motivated by that, really, because the concept is about motivation and the ability mm. I experience, like you're saying, and this shared experience, that great freedom came when I came to that space of I'm not everybody's teacher and that is okay. Mm-hmm. And my main goal is to serve and to just, you know, serve the, the students that I have for the season I have them yes. and not attached to them, them not attached to me, mm-hmm. them ultimately define their way, their practice, their mm-hmm. dedication, and ultimately it not even be about me, you know, and it's okay because you'll drive yourself crazy. <laughs> like <if> you, <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. don't know the sustainability factor at that point. Yes. Like, oh, where are you out? It's not, it's not sustainable yeah. and it doesn't allow you to, it's like you start to stifle yourself self from mm. becoming who you're actually meant to become when you want to be palpable and yeah. liked by and popular to everyone. Mm. And so, yeah. There's this concept of bhavana mm-hmm. and bhavana is to steep, mm-hmm. to steep. And, you know, you think about a good cup of tea, mm, there's the hot yeah. water, you put the herbs or the tea in it mm-hmm. and you let it sit, you let it steep. And, and in this way, this is how the essence is infused into the water and it becomes something 
um, even more um, nourishing and healing mm-hmm. and enjoyable and all of these things. And so when I think about just personal practice um, as a teacher of yoga, it's like my practice is where I, where I go in, where I, where I simmer, where I steep, where mm-hmm. I am practicing bhavana. And, and what I'm steeping in is the the nectar or the juice of the practice, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. from, from the overflow of my own practice is Mm -hmm. what I teach from, you know, so I feel like you asked me this one question and I will keep going back to (laughs) to studentship as the answer from most things and in our teaching studentship and then community, right? Like, I think Mm, it's so important to have a way to gather and be with each other and get get and share insights and your podcast is like you know a communal touch mm-hmm. point for those on the path of teaching right and and so as I'm steeping right as I'm practicing this vibe and I'm steeping in my practices mm-hmm. um I gain like courage in my practices mm. to be more of myself. I gain trust in those practices and that deeply impacts how I then communicate about them and how I share about them right. and, and how I offer them. And there's more confidence in it. Right. And, and that, and that's how, you know, for me, that's been how I like reach the student who is mine for that season, you know? Right. Um, and that's what I encourage people to do, to be deeply curious, um, mm about their practice Mm -hmm. and to you know one of my teachers Tracy Stanley she's like keep a notebook beside you as you practice you know like Mm -hmm. take notes notice you know Mm -hmm. yeah um and that is um is where my confidence and courage to be the teacher I am not the teacher that I'm kind of made up in my head I want to be or the teacher I see on Instagram <laughs> right. or the teacher who was my teacher you know it's right like, yeah you know, exactly. I am endlessly curious about you know who I am here to be exactly and what is and mine what- to do and you know I teach about rest a lot and getting clear on what is mine to do has freed mm-hmm. me up to have more space to rest Mm. Right. When I'm confused yeah. about what's mine to do, I think that's mine to do. That's mine to do. I'm over here in this person's business. That I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have right. Like part of sometimes why we can't find space to rest is what we're doing a lot of stuff that's not ours to do. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, yeah. And we're probably exhausted from <laughs> right. it's, picking it's up exhausting. all that stuff. <laughs> yes. So that's a great, like you've talked about, you know, the beginning, the fiery experiences. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the hot, the power and all those things. And um, let's, let's kind of shift into that, like kind of what I call like a space in between or, or this pause that we find in our season of our practice of life, um, of our pursuit as we've been pursuing, right, as students of the practice we see inevitably, or hopefully we can start to cultivate the ability to, to adapt and shift and, and listening to that inner space and mm-hmm. and this kind of space in between or it, you know you might liken it to a pause and you know I think there's a beautiful paradox that comes you know it could be fearful um it it needs faith to to shift and adapt and, and look at things differently you know from uncertainty but certainly with this curiosity I love that you use that word um because curiosity what led is what led me into my first 
yoga experience. Yeah. And it continues to be that which kind of keeps me kind of shifting and exploring on my own personal pathway. And like you said, that then innately just kind of flows from there into how I teach and lead classes. So let's talk about rest because it's just like it becomes, and, and I come back to you talking about simplicity too, and it can seem so simple because it seems like, you know, people are like, yeah. And it's like, there's a depth to that. And so let's kind of get into the like rest and what your thoughts are on opportunities for people, you know, and expansion, meaning and expanding and the ability through, right, this state of being at rest. Like it, it sounds like so, like, I think we make it so complex. Yeah, well, um, you know, simple is not always easy. Right, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, and, and it also requires trust, right? Like mm. so many of us suffer from not enoughness, you know, like I think mm. about, oh, when I was first teaching, <laughs> how I would fill up every space with words, with stuff, yes. because I feared that if I wasn't talking, if I wasn't giving in quotations information, the students would lose confidence in me, would be like, she doesn't have anything to say. Like we don't, the simplicity mm -hmm. of like, I've given you the instruction. Mm -hmm. Let's be in the space of experiencing the asana or the pose or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then let's move on. I could not trust that. Right? <laughs> but, also, but also kind of culturally, you know, the loudest person in the room, we like, we turn and they they suck up the energy, the attention in the room, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we like, it's like, who's doing, who's performing, mm -hmm. all of those, yes. saying the most. And we equate sometimes just, um, feeling up space with value mm -hmm. and and so I think kind of stripping down to being able to trust the simplicity of space or quiet or simply being is that is a, that is that is the practice right and I think often and it took me a while to kind of and I'm still evaluating it to wrap my head around you I, I would be in classes and you would hear the language of create space, um, you know, explore and space was used a lot. And I was like, I can remember pondering like, but what is that space? Like, what are they talking about? And I think maybe it became, like you said, the, for me, maybe it was the inability to a certain point to like really explored the space because the space like you said was always being filled up <laughs> with stuff yeah there you was know, no room to explore it yeah and so one way I do think about rest you use the words pause at the beginning of this mm -hmm. um yeah turn in the conversation and a lot of times you know so I teach restorative yoga and yes I believe in like get all the props get all the bolsters get all the pillows <laughs> yes. get all the blankets get your eye pillows put your <laughs> on. like that kind of I teach restorative yoga and I'm teaching that level of propage you know and then we also think about rest as like well let's take a nap like sometimes rest <laughs> appears to be or seems to be this very grandiose gesture or thing and one of my primary teachings around rest is that it is really um, tuning into the awareness that there's a pause between everything, mm. right? Yeah. Like I inhale, there's a natural pause. I exhale, there's a natural pause. I say, hello, there's a really natural pause there. 
you say hello back, there's a natural pause, right? So first, Mm -hmm. when I teach rest, I'm teaching just notice, if you will, (laughs) where pauses exist already because they're everywhere. And then build a relationship with with the organic pauses that exist already, right? If you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to pause, I don't have time to rest. (laughs) Well, there are natural pauses, Mm-hmm. Like just right there. And I, and I needed a break. I needed a rest. I needed an additional breath. So I paused and I took it and then I continued. Right. So for me, rest is also to, to build, you know, a pathway into having a more, a deeper or more expansive or more nourishing rest practice. We actually have to start with having an awareness of the natural pauses that exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pauses <clears throat> that place where something's behind it something that we can't go back and change or do anything about now. Mm. And then there's something coming next. Mm. And we think we know what it is, but usually we don't, <laughs> right? You right. know, and, and so, and you use the word uncertainty, right? The mm-hmm. uncertainty yeah. in that pause, which is why I think sometimes we rush through it. Mm-hmm. Something else exists within the pause and that is possibility. Right possibility exists within the pause right Mm -hmm. and I think there's a really um a dance between uncertainty and possibility right and um you know through awareness of the pause through taking an extra beat in the breath when we need it these little ways to start to get more comfortable with the pause and what we're also doing when we do that is getting more comfortable with expanding our capacity to be with uncertainty and even as we expand our capacity to be with uncertainty what we're actually doing too is expanding our capacity to be with possibility Mm, yeah to be with possibility um when I don't know what's next any anything could be next Mm -hmm. you know and so do you think there's a component of faith required um you know the uh, trusting in the unknown the unseen um to to venture into exploring you know with that curious nature but a faith component well Um, so what i so i as you said faith i thought wow let's look that up but then i was like okay (laughs) for this and what i would actually say is let's practice being with the pause first Mm -hmm and see what, what um, you receive from it, right? Like, I, you don't have to believe in the Paul. You don't have to believe anything mm-hmm. to practice and, and go, well, let me be, stay curious. Now what happens <laughs> if I pause a little bit? And it's the pausing that does ultimately start to, so let's say you need the faith of a mustard seed, mm. you know, that scripture. Yes. Maybe you need just that little drop to say, okay, I can pause. And what does happen in the pause is we gain relationship to trust, to the mystery, to unknown, mm-hmm. surrender to some of that too. And mm-hmm. it also like deepens our ability to be in relationship with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say this like, uh, like I have in any way mastered it. And I also don't, <laughs> don't say it lightly, right? Right, right. you know, you know <laughs> right. like I, <clears throat> um, the first yoga class I took, well, 
it wasn't the first one, but the first one that I remember, <laughs> the one that I've, I've been claiming as my yoga anniversary, which is you know, January 9th, 2003. <laughs> I remember the day because I call it my rebirth day. Uh-huh. And, and um, it was hot, it was sweaty, like went through all the things. And at the end, we get to Shavasana and the teacher goes, this is the most important pose right here. Mm-hmm. And I shoot up because I'm like, what? What? <laughs> just did all of that. And this, I don't, <laughs> and then I just start looking around and I'm like, what? And I get so curious and I'm kind of irritated. I'm like, we're mm-hmm. not even doing anything. Right. Not even doing anything. And then, you know, I just kind of sit there with my hands kind of clenched. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so irritating. Now I understand, I also was like, this is scary. I'm not doing anything. This is scary. Who am I when I'm not doing anything? You right. know, who am I when I'm not striving? Who, you know, I didn't understand that underneath the surface of my clenched fist was were <laughs> these questions that if you start to really be with them, they're going to change your life, right? But right. then I hear the teacher say something else. He goes, um, this is the most important pose and is also the most challenging. Mm. I go, this person has, he is out of his, what is going on? <laughs> I'm so irritated by, it, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then I'm start, I start counting basically sheep in my head. Like, when are we going to oh. out of this pose? And then we're finally out of it. And I'm like, I grab all my stuff and I run up to this teacher and I go, what do you mean that's the most important pose? What do you mean that mm-hmm. laying on the ground doing nothing is the most challenging pose? A, he goes, well, did it challenge you? And I was like, yeah, it challenged me mentally, right? Not physically, but mentally. Yeah. So it can be a physical challenge for many of us. Yeah. And then, then he just said, just keep practicing. Do mm-hmm. you, you know, the practice will answer. You have these questions. Why is this important? How is this, how can this possibly be challenging? Why are you calling this challenging? Just keep practicing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so- You're like, is that all you got? (laughs) I am so grateful for that teacher 16 years ago Mm. who did not give me the answer. The answer he gave me was practice and see for yourself. Because anything he would have said to me, I would have had it as... I would have had it as a theory. I would have had it to regurgitate. I would have had it to say to someone else I wouldn't have had a direct experience I wouldn't have had an embodied understanding of like why is this important and how is this really challenging you know and so again we came back to he gave me here stay curious and keep practicing and ultimately I'm just like as I teach restorative yoga I'm like I see how deeply challenging Mm. rest and pausing um, is for so many of us and also how desperately we crave it, want mm. it, need it, you know? So it's yes. kind of just like, we need to eat that pot of greens and we're also, <laughs> resisting, we're also resisting the pot of greens, right? The pot of greens being Shavasana, right? Being right. Um, right. And so we have to build just like you, you know, if you're a weightlifter, you have to build capacity to withstand more of it. We have to build capacity to to surrender to deeper and more rest, to expand into rest, to use that Mm -hmm. language again. Mm -hmm. And part of how I start people on that path is let's just be aware of where the pause actually exists already. Mm. Let's just be aware of the pause. Yeah. I love that you brought the the 
the words of capacity talked about the faith and and this the, the mustard mm-hmm. seed the drop or mm-hmm. however you want to think about it and you know it's it's within the curiosity of just even going there or the drop that we start to maybe know a little bit more that we are capable. Cause mm-hmm. I know you probably hear this too. People are all the time in regards to just, you know, yoga in general, they're like, I, I can't do that. I can't be still. I can't be, you know, they already come in with, you know, mm-hmm. some, I can'ts. they haven't experienced yet, you know, to even discern any, thing of the experience but they come in that way but I I like that how you said the capacity and and this curiosity it takes us to that you know that we We just start where we are right you know and like if someone so you know when when you said you know people come in and go I can't do yoga I had this clear (laughs) image of being at my studio when I had a physical space Mm -hmm. and someone standing in front of me saying that and me moving from behind the desk asking them if I could step a little closer to them standing Mm -hmm. by them and saying let's just breathe. Mm. That's all you crossed the threshold, which was a big deal. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, like your first classes when you start, <laughs> turn on the video or whatever it is, when you log in or when you cross the threshold, mm. that is such a glorious moment. Yes. And, you know, as a teacher, and I grew in that in my teaching, you know, because when I thought it was about, you know, like what you could or couldn't do, like, I don't know that I had the compassion to just mm-hmm. say, can I stand beside you? And can we breathe? This is, we can do this. Can you pay attention to your breath with me? And sometimes the answer is like, okay, I can do that for one breath. All right. Then just keep coming back. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> There's know, that drop. So, that's, that's it. Through the practice, we expand and deepen our capacity to to be you know yeah. whether it's you know we're, we're stretching or we're learning asana or we're um meditating and being still mm-hmm. right? all of those things take practice right and I think yes. that that's kind of trippy when people think about oh, I have to practice to <laughs> yeah. be still right <laughs> right right surely not Let's talk and about like, that. Well, just, just take the next three minutes and notice how many times you like move, you fidget, mm. you look around, you look for an escape route, you know? <laughs> exactly. An, ex- an exit that. strategy. <laughs> right. That's, that's just, that's just, we well, have to practice it. Yeah. And let's talk about that because that to me evokes like getting purposeful, getting intentional, like getting committed. Like I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this thing and see, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you talked about restorative and, you know, the real intention of getting set up, right. To be mm-hmm. in a, a shape that allows you even a better encounter, uh, mm-hmm. or opportunity of that. So let's talk about what, you know, when I, when I say kind of purposeful rest, you know, what do you think some reasonings why it really, why does it seem so challenging? You know, why was it so challenging for you? Even, you know, cause I think Shavasana helps to give a glimpse for students, um, you know, to, to start that, that capacity experience, but now, you know, kind of thinking about the restorative practice and from your experience of teaching, you know, to this, to rest and being purposeful about it. Like what's so challenging about it? Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's systemic it's cultural mm-hmm. um we have so much messaging mm-hmm. around the value of our being being what mm-hmm. we can produce do prove show for someone else 
And then when I layer in, I'm not, I, I will not discount, right? The deeper kind of ancestral, why I was struck with, I was paralyzed in fear and then just like clenched, mm-hmm. just resting, you know, like I come from a lineage where I, there's someone in my lineage who the idea of rest what is rest when when you have within your lineage forced free labor or someone mm-hmm. who survived the captivity of a holocaust you know right what like, and so I think there's like so for me I would say there was something really deep happening in that moment of wait I'm just being still I'm just resting you asked me to close my eyes all of these things happening right mm-hmm. and then if you layer in just the culture that we live in that does not um necessarily value simply being you know mm, right. like everything is go more get more do more harder faster mm-hmm. um no pain no gain all of these messages mm-hmm. around if it if it isn't hard it isn't worth it we've like mentally emotionally spiritually and physically internalized those messages and then you go and so it doesn't mean that we're not having the natural physiological response to being like well damn I'm tired though like I'm (laughs) actually tired but we have this ongoing daily onslaught of conditioning saying but you can't rest Right. You know, you got sayings like I sleep when I'm dead. Like, what? Like that, <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Yeah, right. You, know, you know, when you have also, we we are a biological being and we need rest. If we look mm-hmm. out into the natural world, there's day and there's night, there's summer and there's winter, you know, like mm-hmm. everything is everything in nature and the world when it's existing, when it's not kind of interrupted or um, um, kind of pumped up with GMOs, right? Or some <laughs> right. kind of syntheticized way of being, everything that exists has periods of great activity. And then there's a natural pause of rest, but we are on, you know, the hyper chain of work and do. And so then people can, all people, we have this kind of it's like a push and pull. Like I need rest. I am exhausted. People mm-hmm. are having physical symptoms that are are byproducts of not resting down to, you know, rest and sleep are two different things, but not being able to rest actually impacts your capacity to sleep and sleep well, all of these things, but yet still we turn on the TV and it says, get up and do something. (laughs) And And so I think part of the it's why I always congratulated people, you know, I always really honored when I see people step across the threshold and go, I'm going to rest. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to do this practice for myself. You know, right. so I think there's just a lot of conditioning, a lot of um, inner red tape and cultural red tape people mm-hmm. have to move through to go, I am worthy of rest. I don't have to earn it. I'm a person. I'm a right. human being. I get to rest, right? right. Like how many of us, you know, you just think about like, I have to earn rest. How many different ways was that message given to you, you know, like growing Mm -hmm. up or as, you know, one in workforce or whatnot versus it being, well, rest is a natural part of life, right? Right. You you know, pausing is important, right? You're not lazy because you're tired. You're tired because you're tired. (laughs) 
And so, and so some of it, and so that, that first teacher I had, his name is Jonathan Burbank. He passed away years ago. Mm. May he rest in peace. And mm. Jonathan gave me such a gift when he said, stay curious about why something like Shavasana is challenging for you. And that curiosity has led me to have great compassion now right. that I teach restful, why it is challenging for mm-hmm. all of us for right. all of us you know yeah um, I'd have people sit with me be like crying because they're mm. so tired mm-hmm. and then then we you know because now I really pretty much only teach restful practices uh-huh. you know and then get really upset with themselves because they're like I can't rest and I'm like well we don't have to start with stillness we can move a little bit and then we can because you also have to prepare your nervous system right for stillness and because we have so many things fighting and competing for our attention for our next movement you know, it can be very mm-hmm. unsettling to go right into stillness. And so, yeah, I believe your question was, well, why, yeah. why is it so hard? Yeah. Know? Well, let's also kind of share with, um, you know, me, <laughs> the listeners, um, about, you know, this kind of a start point towards this, like, how do we start the shift in our perspectives, you know, towards yeah. rest and, and for, you know, obviously we've talked about the challenge. Okay. Well, now what are yeah. some things that you, you offer to people to just, just get started? So I'll share, right. <laughs> in form <truth laughs> from my personal practice, right. So mm-hmm. I was doing all the hot, fast stuff, which it's fun, right? It has this yeah. place. It was my yeah. doorway. I bowed deeply to it. And I didn't go right to stillness. Mm. I started slowing down first. Oh, nice. Right? You know, so if everything you do is speed, 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 <laughs> it will be incredibly jarring to your body, to your nervous system, to your mind, to every part of you to just go, and now I'm going to stop. Right, that's jarred. <laughs> right. Even when I just said it, you probably felt jarred, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, we don't go from a, a thousand minutes, you know, a thousand miles per minute to zero, mm-hmm. right? When you actually do that, that's a crash, right? And so <laughs> right. I think that's why I invite people to be noticing the natural pause that is this, right? Like when yes. you turn off this podcast, just let there be an extra beat before you turn on the next one. You know, if when if you're listening in your car and you pull up to some place, turn off the car, you know, pause there for just an extra breath or so, and then open the door and pause and then put your feet on the ground and step out. And so first, I think the, the practical thing to do is to be aware, you know, of the speed at which you're moving, when it serves you and when it doesn't, and then to pick places, a place or two a day to go oh, I'm going to do that a little slower. And some really good places to insert slow would be morning, right? Mm -hmm. Like first thing in the morning, I'm going to drink tea for five minutes slowly versus gulping it down in the car, right? (laughs) You know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you can insert slow as the, the precursor, as the bridge to, okay, now let's get to let's get to some stillness right Mm, Um, yeah and then once we once we get to to stillness there's so many practices right there's Mm -hmm. there's meditation there's just a simple act of sitting breathing there's restorative yoga where you're holding you know 
really supported poses for five to 20 minutes, right? There's the yoga <laughs> nidra. And so I think someone who's really moving at a fast clip and really also exhausted, but the thought of, oh, you want me to go be still for 10 minutes? I, it's not going to happen. Of course. Okay, right. let's, slow down. let's slow down first, right? Right. You know, and so when I'm working with people who they're like, I am tired, I have got to do something about this. And they saw a picture of restorative and they're like, I'm going to do that. And then we get in the actual room or we get in the actual Zoom room and they're like, I'm very scared. I go, well, we get to slow down first. So I'll do like a little slow flow, right? I don't mean, and I'm talking about like sitting in the chair, inhale, lift your arms with Mm -hmm. your breath, just at your normal pace. And then we just start to slow that down, right? Right, right. No, but just that awareness that I don't bring people from running all over to, Mm. okay, now let's be still. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it always, to me, keeps coming back here and you talk about that, you know, it's kind of like starting to develop what, you know, what can be done with consistency or what, what drop again, you know, the, and so that you start to cultivate the capacity of, okay, you know, Mm. I can, you know, this breath. I can. Yeah. And and you move from there. Oh, you know, let's simplify this even more. So Mm -hmm. your eyes open in the morning. Take three breaths there. Do that every day, right? You know, mm-hmm. before you, because a lot of us, we kind of eyes open, we rip the covers off. Yeah. And we're like, what do I got to do today? Right, right. We jolt ourselves. You know, because I love that you use that word consistency. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think grace can um, usher us into a space of expansion anytime mm-hmm. that. Grace wants to anytime that she wants to, and one way that we can support expansion is consistency, Mm, right? Like what we do, what we focus on grows, right? Expansion is growth. What we focus on, what we do, kind of deepens, or you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's not. I gotta go rest for ninety minutes. Just one big time. It's like, well, if you will slow down and pay attention to your breath every day mm-hmm. for the next 40 days. Start with that practice. That's going to give you more than, you know, right. one right. big show of something that then you don't do again for the next, yeah. um, you know, month or two. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Well, to me, it starts, you know, it's like, what can I cultivate with consistency yeah. becomes relevant to my life. It's, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it ends up becoming not an extra thing. Yeah. This is what I do. And so I think right. if we're not careful, this fuel, right. This kind yeah. of slowing down gives us something. Yes. You know, rest. I always like one of my favorite things to say is most of the time we're operating on fumes. We would never do, we would never <laughs> right. do that in our car. We right. would never do that with our phone, right? Like we mm. change the batteries in our remote controls, but we're operating on fumes. Yet these kind of slowing down practices and restful practices, rest is fuel. Mm, it is yeah. fuel. And I love that you use the word, like let the thing become relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Well, if not, I think Octavia, it starts to become another have to, another we shift into the doing again, the producing yeah. or that's you right. Know, that's and right. And kind of miss the point. <laughs> that's right. I, I went so years ago when I was uh, you know transitioning from doing the most to you know 
more spacious living. Mm. My acupuncturist said to me, <laughs> and I don't know what I was doing or saying and why she just like kneeled down, got right in front of me and said, Octavia, life is not a to-do list. And she Ooh. is like the sweetest lady, the most, <laughs> and she just said, and I was like, and it was because like, I think we, I mean, she and I were talking about, um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but she said, life is not a to-do list. And again, I was kind of like, well, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I do and she, what she was saying was like, stop, you're just checking things off. Are you mm-hmm. present to any of this? Like, what are yeah. you, you know? And again, she was like, please slow down and mm-hmm. savor Mm. notice yeah go down and savor and notice right um and don't you think that expands us then right into a bigger capacity of life and yeah expansion happens on the inside is a thought that I was just having when I was thinking about my acupuncture is faith is her name (laughs) faith is her name faith being Uh, like slow down and and notice and and expansion happens on the inside first and then it mm. is reflected back to us in the world around us and because it's it's really a so here's the thing what I realized faith was telling me <clears throat> it took me a couple years again because <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to live you know some lessons you live into mm-hmm. is that okay so I have this to-do list I'm just checking things off and let's say I'm the kind I was I'm still kind of like this the kind of person that might be like go take a walk in the park Mm-hmm. But then what I was doing back then, it's just like, okay, I went took a walk in the park, check, versus mm-hmm. being like, I walk in the park, I see the trees, I hear the birds, I let myself be in the experience, and I might forget to check the box, but I, but I experienced it. And, and it wasn't that the trees and the expansive sky has always existed around me. Mm-hmm. The expansion happened on the inside. And then I became aware, wow, look right. at how expansive the sky is. Look at how beautiful and deep the bird song is, right? So right. sometimes we're like, we're like craving some kind of like spaciousness or expansion. And it's like, well, slow down long enough to see how far in front of you the road stretches ahead, mm-hmm. you know, how... All, all this beauty around you and that's the expansion happens when we can shift our perspective um just just the smallest bit and I think that's what slowing down first and even stillness truly allows us to do right mm. that's good stuff Octavia um you know and I think about presence and the ability to really tap into presence um you know in the slowing down and the heightened awareness to all that's right there and it's really been there um for us to experience so as we're kind of um I could probably talk to you a lot longer uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I'll contain myself um uh let's let's talk about what you have going on I I would like for the listeners to hear to know how to connect with you further um you have a book already and then you have exciting news of another book coming out so I want to give you time I know yay I want to give you time to kind of share here as we're wrapping up you know just whatever it is you want to share about that allows the listeners to to connect more fully to the work um, you are doing and you're out serving in your community. Yes, I would love for the listener to connect yeah. more fully to the rest that I'm mm. sharing in the world. And um, so my book gather, my first book gather that was mm-hmm. self-published was Born from Resting. Mm. Um, 
you know, and so that's like, I'd, I'd practice restorative yoga, a yoga nidra, I'd journal and write, I'd listen, right? Resting mm. brings you to a deep state of receptivity, if we yes. allow. And I wrote what I heard, right? <laughs> there's more to it, but the essence of it, the courage to do it, the mm. a will to do it, the um, insight for the pathway forward to do it, I, I access through rest. And um, so gathers out right, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my next book comes out February 1st, 2022, and yeah. it will be published by Shambhala Press. And mm. it is called Pause Rest B, Stillness Practices for Courage During Times of Change. And who isn't going through a time of change right yeah, now? Talk about so relevance. Raise your hand if you are not, <laughs> right. not experiencing some kind of radical change in the last right. couple years. And and that book is um, rooted in three restorative poses, Shavasana, sideline position, and child's pose. But what I do in that book is walk us through how these stillness practices can support us as we face expected and unexpected endings, mm-hmm. as we are ushered into the liminal space or that space in between or that pause mm-hmm. where there's so much uncertainty and a lot of fear often, but also possibility. And then how the restorative practice can support us as we face expected and unexpected new beginnings. And mm-hmm. so I wrote the book through 2020. And mm-hmm. so it will be here in February. And I wow. believe that this book is, I know it's the book that that we all need right now because mm-hmm. this it has saved me. Like I also mm-hmm. kind of feel like I my dedication in the book is for those of us who survived the last few years and those right. of us who didn't, because so many of right. our beloveds are not here with us anymore. Right. And um, what I realize now that I'm, I have my advanced copies in hand, so I <laughs> touch the book, but you can't touch it quite yet. And I'm reading it and I'm like, this is, I thought it was a love letter to you all. And it is, you know, mm-hmm. my intention was it's a love letter to, to community, to the world, to my people. Mm-hmm. And as I'm rereading it, I'm like, this is a love letter to the deepest part of me, which means it's a love letter to the deepest part of you. So, right. Wow. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. And it's a, you know, you said like, well, how can people start? There are three big practices in this book of restorative yoga. And there's going to be an audio book where I actually kind of lead you through the rest practices. Oh, wow. Yeah. But each, you know, there are up to, I think there's about 25 of really short practices and reflections that that Mm -hmm. are starting points for people who are like, how do I slow down? How do I, what, what do I do? Right, you know? right, right. And, help me and out. So, you know, so it's a, it's a book where you can begin. It's mm-hmm. also a book where you can expand to deepen your practice um, mm-hmm. and your relationship to rest and to stillness and to the pause. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, thank you so much, Octavia. Thank you for um, the, the work. There's a level of vulnerability, right? To put yourself out there and, to, you know, put words to a page and um, to open up, to share, but, you know, coming from a bigger space of the big picture and the serving and connecting to others, um, you know, and that real purpose, I believe of life. And um, so I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you're doing um, that is no doubt making an impact and 
spreading out, you know, from person to person. And, you know, obviously we have times where we, you know, we trust in the big picture of the work and we have no idea sometimes the impact <laughs> it's making, right? But we trust, right? And we believe in it, right? And we believe in it. And from the believing and the experience of it, we share and and hopefully touch someone else and they are, you know, find their capacity again, right? Mm-hmm. To know, to know what they, you know, can encounter and create for themselves. So I appreciate you and I appreciate you spending time with me today and um, sharing what, you know, yes, a most relevant topic and resources, you know, there's some tangible things, you know, we talk about it sometimes at a big scope of, it seems real broad, and then it can seem like, well, I don't even know where we're start with that. Um, But you have given some great insight and tangible, you know, start points. And so I appreciate you sharing that with the listeners. And I appreciate you spending time with me. Um, It's been a treat. And um, I wish you well, Octavia, and I'm excited for your upcoming book coming out. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sandy. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You take care. Thank you for joining me today. Before you head out into your day, let me ask you this. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about your direction and the direction you should take in your teaching path? Or possibly you feel uncertain about some of your teaching skill sets and you're ready to refine and grow, but you just don't want to add one more training. Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to have in your life and in your teaching career to come alongside of you to help you sift through and reinforce and challenge your skill set so that you can create longevity and sustain a healthy teaching career. You know, sometimes it can even feel lonely out there trying to figure out everything and You may even feel like you don't know who or where you can even turn to. Well, let me tell you, look no further. I have been teaching yoga for 20 years now. Gosh, I can't believe it. And have had a variety of teaching experiences as well. I have trained and educated teachers for a decade. And quite honestly, I can say that I am your, the yoga teacher's biggest fan. I want to see you be successful as a teacher, and that is why I am dedicated to spending time as a mentor for yoga teachers. Want to know how you can get started? Well, how you can get this invaluable clarity and support that is uniquely designed for you in a one-on-one experience? Well, it's easy. You begin by scheduling a free 45-minute call with me, and we'll get to know each other, and I want to hear all about your teaching journey. I want to hear where you may have some obstacles and how I can support you through this process. That's it. It's easy, right? So let's connect. Go to my website, sandyraper.com, and schedule your call today, and I'll be waiting to hear from you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.